this week on Moms Moving On. You know, with boundaries that we set, it's really meant to protect you. And it also allows you to create relationships in your life that align with what you feel the most comfortable with. To me, recovery is really embracing your vision and actually living in it. And it's not being immune to emotions or triggers by your ex. It's really about being in the place of having the tools and knowing what to do on your own. That's recovery. I love that. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. We're back with another Moms Moving On. And first, let me say thank you for all the love. You guys have really been hanging on to these uh, episodes and really taking the fruits from the tree and, and applying them to your lives. And every time I hear that and read that in my DMs, it makes me so, so happy. That's the whole point of this, not just for us to talk openly into the barren space of the world. It's really to make a difference and really to help you see the benefit to moving on. Speaking of... Raise your hand if you felt at any point in your split, like I will die now and there will be no coming back from this. I've been there, you've been there, and I'm pretty sure even my guest has been there. I think that you are going to really, really, really love who we have on today. You may already follow her. We have Wendy Sterling, the leading divorce recovery specialist and founder of the Divorce Rehab. Wendy helps divorced women go from I do to I did, to I am done, and confidently create a roadmap they design for what's next. Wendy, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you and your listeners today. I am so excited too. You guys should know that this girl brings her A-game. I would already trust her as my coach or as my divorce recovery specialist because she is just a knockout. She has herself put together so beautifully, and she means business. Sorry you can't see her, but let's hear about it. Wendy, tell us about yourself. Give us like the elevator pitch to Wendy. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's, you know, it's kind of, I mean, my goodness, you're like making me blush with that introduction, first of all. <laughs> um, you know what? I bring people on the show that I truly value and I want to learn from. So I, I say what I say because I mean it. Thank you. Well, it means a lot. And I know you and I are, I feel like we're like soul connected on some level because our, you know, our connection was so instant when we met. Um, So, you know, just to give you guys a a brief background on me, I was in corporate America for almost 20 years in an ad sales position at some leading women's lifestyle brands and just kind of rocking through my life, um, which now I realize was on autopilot. And I was living my life based on what was expected of me instead of what it was truly what I wanted. And the wake up call that I desperately needed came in the form, unfortunately, of my divorce. And it was very unexpected. It was not something that I saw coming. And at the same time, it was the greatest gift that ever happened to me because or happened for me, I should say, because I realized that I had stopped looking in the mirror and seeing myself and instead had just started seeing myself 
for, you know, perhaps for much longer than that, I was seeing myself through the lens of uh, my now ex-husband. And through that process, I realized that not only did I not know who I was, I really realized that I had created a life that was dependent upon somebody else instead of one that I created for myself. And so it was through that event, that trauma that really woke me up and realized that I had to stop what I call lone wolfing it and to really reach out and ask for support. And even though I was in therapy and even though I was, you know, reading every self-help book, probably listening to your podcast, (laughs) I knew that there was something more that was intended for me. And I also knew that I needed something else. And that's where I discovered the world of life coaching. And through hiring my own life coach and actually going through the certification process of becoming one, I had healed so quickly through my divorce that I knew that there was something special in this and I wanted to help people like me. So I just decided to not only file for divorce, but leave corporate America at the same time and start building my business. Yeah. Let's just keep ripping the band-aids off, right? One by one, let's just like, you know, let's do it all at one time. And I did. And, you know, at the same time though, I will tell you, there hasn't been a time where when I bet on myself, I haven't won. And I knew that in the career that I had established for myself, I was creating businesses, you know, in regions for companies. Why couldn't I do it for myself? And I, I, I wanted to help people. I was called to do something higher. And so what I ended up doing was creating my company and my business, which is the divorce rehab. And essentially it has allowed me to marry together the methodology of the coaching program that I took with my own recovery process and to enable women to really step into their own power, to really see their divorce as an empowering experience, to help them find their voice and identity that so many of us lose in our marriages, to start designing a life that they love from a place of confidence and self-love. And it has been the most rewarding couple of years of my life. I love what I do. I love seeing women recover um, because I'm sitting here on the other side that it's possible. I'm no different from anyone. I'm no different from you, um, from anybody listening. And it's possible. It's just that you've got to ask for help. I love that. And I think you just basically summed up why we are connected. I think our stories are so aligned. And first of all, betting on yourself and winning, that's like one of my favorite Beyonce quotes. So thank you for throwing that in there. I think that's- My pleasure. But but those are powerful words because when you said you were seeing yourself through the eyes of your ex-husband, I think we all fall into that as women, right? Um, Men- a lot of times tend to be more dominant in marriages and we hang on to their every word, especially if we're already not feeling good. And day after day, month after month, year after year, we become less us, more wife. And I love that you pointed that out because it was the same for me. And like you, I rehabbed and recovered. I found my way to the other side. And I also found that shit, if I can do it, Wendy, with my background, literally from what I've been through in my life, Anybody can. And it takes somebody like you or me to help them through to that other side. But I'm really interested to hear because what sticks out to me is is your branding. I mean, divorce rehab, divorce recovery, like, yeah, I was, I, I was addicted to my ex-husband and now he's no longer there and I'm going through withdrawals. How are you going to help me? So I love, I love the name of that. But um, what I wanted to know, like me, you're working with women who are 
coming to you at their most vulnerable. Like things can't be worse. They're scared. They're afraid. They don't know what they don't know. What are the top three things you advise them to do when they're starting their path to recovery? Yeah. So first and foremost is, you know, so many of us, you know, there's so many emotions that we're feeling, right? And what I don't think people understand when their marriage ends is it's not just the marriage. (laughs) It's your best friend. It's your husband, you know, one in the same, but still it's a, it's a friendship. It's a union that you created. It's your hopes and dreams. It's your future finances, the family that you envision. So there's all these different areas that people are coping with and they all deserve their time and attention. And, you know, the first thing I will say that I work really hard with my clients on is to really be mindful of their thoughts. The reason being that, you know, I always say we would never tell our friends the things that we tell ourselves, right? Right. (laughs) I, I would never in a million years go, you're a failure. You are just not lovable. And, you know, I would never say that to anybody, but yet super easy to tell myself these things, right? And especially when you're in such a horrible place. Hey, best friend, you're going to die alone and nobody will ever want to look at you again. I, I, I hear what you're saying. That's a really great strategy because I personally could never say that to anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like be cognizant of your thoughts, like really pay attention to what you're telling yourself and ask yourself, like, is that really true? Or would you even say that to your friend? Do you even believe that would be true if this were your friend going through or having these types of feelings? And, you know, we're so mean to ourselves and I was there. I mean, hello, I, I had, I was, you know, going through the ringer with, you know, there was infidelity in, in my divorce. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, I clearly pushed him. You know, I made him cheat, right? I am a failure. I'm unlovable. I wasn't good enough. Um, I didn't give him what he needed. I apparently was a poor communicator. Like there were all these things that I'm just like, okay, Wendy, let's, let's take a beat. And I do that with my clients because, you know, and, and I pay really close attention to the language that they use because you don't even realize it. Yes. Right. You're not even conscious to what it is that you're saying to yourself. So really tip number one is starting to pay attention to the language you're using as you're talking to yourself about what you're feeling. And with that, it is okay to acknowledge I'm sad. I'm angry. I am pissed off. I'm frustrated. You know, whatever the emotion is, we tend to lean away because we say to ourselves, oh, stop crying over him. He doesn't deserve our tears. Or even our friends are saying to us like, oh, you're so much better off without him. Or, you know, you're going to be so fine. It's his loss. And it's almost like they kind of like cut you off at the knees when you're like, no, 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 I still need to like walk my walk. Yeah. Like, don't, please don't, please don't stop me. And I think that we have an innate way of just stopping the emotion, right? You start crying and you're like, Oh, I can't like, I'm going to, I just 
stop and you get into judgment mode over what the emotion is. And so I really encourage my clients as they're being mindful of their thoughts is to not ignore them, right? Just be mindful. And then whatever the emotion is behind it, let yourself feel it. Just lean in. I mean, literally just now I had a client text me because her ex-husband is coming to pick up his stuff. And she was like, I'm in the basement crying. And I'm like, great. (laughs) What's coming up for you? Right. And let her just lean into it. And, you know, and I say to my clients, like set a timer, but don't set it with unrealistic expectations of like, I just want to be done in five minutes. Well, do you really need maybe 30 minutes to lean into this? Because that's okay. As long as you just let yourself, I say you have to feel through the emotion until it's run its course and trust that you're going to stop yourself at some point when you're ready. You have to grow through what you go through. Yes. That's, that's where I, I love that. I, that's where I think a lot of women, you know, we're, we're, oh, you're too emotional. Oh, stop crying. Oh, you're so sensitive. Right. And so we, don't pay attention to our emotions. And then we don't deal with what's bringing these emotions up. We don't learn what our triggers are. And then we find ourselves in relationships again, where the same pattern keeps happening. We end up with the same guy who makes us feel the same way because we haven't stopped to feel. We have to feel what this is like for us. We have to know, okay, this part of it really makes me feel X, Y, and Z. And then we have to do the work to find out why. And I love that you're sharing that because me... I preach that all the time. You got to cry it out. I posted something today about, you know, this is not good vibes only. This is whatever vibe you bring to the table today. We'll accept, you know, Keyshawn right. Scott, my, I know you do follow Keyshawn. I don't. Oh God. The heartbreak coach. One of his things right. is please sit and cry. You have to do this. Like the, the tip is to not get stuck in that crying. You don't want to do that for weeks on end. But if you don't feel it, you're never going to be able to acknowledge it and push past it. I love that you shared that. Okay, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's true. But, you know, what it also does, you know, last thing, and then I'll share another tip is that it usually uncovers what the next emotion is, right? And it's it's sort of like you're on this conveyor belt of emotions and we all go through them. We go through them in different orders and sometimes we feel them again in different ways, but you just giving yourself permission. Yeah. So that's where I will leave that. Um, so that's number one. Number two is really about, you know, when we're leaning into our emotions, there's There's things that come up and through that, what I also think is really important is identifying in your healing process. Like you get to reevaluate what your values are. Values are so important in your own everyday life, because I believe that when you are aligned with your values and living a life in alignment with your values, that you have the most fulfilling life you can have. And when you are not living in accordance with your values is where the discomfort and the dissonance comes in. And what I reflected upon a lot was, you know, what are the values that I have ignored? What are the values that I have not honored? And there's so many easy ways to go about identifying your values. And I do a very, very deep dive with my clients and really identify what they are. Now, that's not to say that your values will be the same today as they will be in six months or perhaps 
perhaps the order of priority may be one thing today and in six months or a year, they may be something different. But what's really important to identify is what is important to you, right? And in that process, how is it that you have not been honoring them? How have you been honoring them? What steps can you take to do a better job of honoring them? And, you know, it may sound really, you know, I don't know, sometimes people say like, oh, that feels really heavy. And it's actually not because usually the best way to figure out what a value is, is think about something that pisses you off or annoys you. And the opposite is the value that's being stepped on. Right. It's that simple. So I, I, I have to laugh because I think so many women listening to this will also say, yeah, you know what? Maybe opposites don't really attract because you think that. And I remember meeting my ex-husband and thinking like, God, he's adorable. He's this, he's that, but he's everything I'm not. We were polar opposites and everyone's like, oh, that's okay. Opposites attract. Oh, you can't marry someone who's exactly like you, but the underlying values were very, very different. And that is where the resentment builds. Not that he's a night owl and I'm not, not that he likes, you know, gummy worms and I like chocolate. It was the underlying stuff, the the core foundational stuff that was different that we tend not to really look at when we're young and we meet, you know, a cute guy at a bar who wants to whisk us off our feet, you know? And so I, I think that's very important because I know for me in my recovery, it was like my non-negotiables, like all of a sudden, nothing else mattered except these things that were not, I were not aligned in my first marriage. And I, I think that's really, really, really solid advice. Yeah. Thank you. No. And I think, you know, it's interesting because something I got into a disagreement with my ex-husband actually a couple of days ago and in the midst of it, I'm like, why is this pissing me off so bad? And then I realized I was like, Oh, I have a value of respect and I'm actually feeling disrespected. And it was such an eye open, you know, even still, okay. Like everybody listening, I am a human being. Michelle's a human being. We still have feelings. We are still, you know, things come up that you don't expect. The difference is, is that Michelle and I have been through it. We have the toolkit. Like we know how to move through things a lot better now than we have, but it doesn't make us immune. It just creates our ability to get through it a lot faster. So having that awareness, right? Like I literally had to take a second and go like, wait, what is it about this? That's like really annoying me right now. Like, why am I so fired up over this? And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why. So, and then it's also a reminder of why you're not in this situation anymore. Like, <laughs> yes, but, but beyond <laughs> even people you're aligned with are going to piss you off from time to time. But, you know, I know for me, when my ex and I have disagreements now, it's like, we're able to resolve them so much faster because we're like, like even just now he came to pick up Bella and I'm freaking out over the school year. Our school year is going to be virtual. And he's like, cool as a cucumber, not stressing out. And I'm like, how are you not freaking out? And he was like, cause I'm not you remember. And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so we, we can look at that and laugh at that now, but you know, I have nothing but love for him now and our relationship has come a long way, but something that came up a lot in my marriage value wise I always would tell him, I feel like you don't have my back. Now for me, we're talking, he's a, he's a good old Southern boy from Atlanta. I'm a hardcore New Yorker, Brooklyn, Italian, you know, you got to have my back. Loyalty is everything. And he would say, calm down, Sopranos. We're not in the mafia. But that for me was, was very, very important yeah. to feel yeah. that at the end of the day, somebody had my back. Okay. I'm not going to say my ex didn't, 
but it wasn't in the way that I needed it, right? The whole love language thing. And now every time my husband, my current husband says, don't worry, honey, I have your back. I laugh because it's like that, uh, yeah, the Sopranos, like I, no, this is just a basic human need that I need to feel safe and valued. And that's something I think that women should know. It's like, just because your ex found your needs ridiculous or your values ridiculous doesn't mean they are, just means they couldn't meet them. Yeah. And, you know, and loyalty clearly is a really important one to you. And there's different ways to go about communicating, having loyalty towards somebody, but it's another thing when you're not receiving it, you know, that it, it, the relationship was not going to, you know, necessarily survive. I mean, that's one of the things I think I've learned is that, you know, my ex-husband and I, we had some similar values, but there's other ones that we were in complete what's the opposite of alignment, unalignment. And like we were not aligned <laughs> um, in a lot of other areas. And, you know, and listen, I, he and I are, you know, so much better friends than we've were, you know, when this whole thing went down, you know, everybody knows who follows me. Like we did not have an amicable divorce and it's only been amicable for a shorter period of time. But what I've also come to accept is he is who he is. And at the same time, I also get to honor my values, even in that relationship. And that actually leads me to tip number three, if we're good to move forward, um, which I is bound forward. I just want to chit chat all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can after, you know, we can keep going as long as you want. Um, Cause I'd love talking to you too. The third tip that I have in the recovery process is setting boundaries for yourself. And this is... That's my magic word, Wendy. Preach it. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, and what I think people don't understand is that boundaries are actually intended to protect you and everybody in your life. It, it, boundaries are, as far as I see them, the way that I like to define them is really, you know, boundaries are sort of those guidelines that you create for yourself and it establishes where you end and somebody else begins. And, you know, the metaphor that I give, it's kind of like, um, you know, you envision like your property line, right? You have a no trespassing sign out on the front yard. Well, you get to invite whoever you want onto your property, right? But at the same time, you have the sign there going, yeah, there's people that I may not want to, to come onto my property. And ultimately what it communicates as well is that when you violate the boundary, there will be a consequence. And it doesn't mean that the consequence is something negative or you are, you know, lashing out or anything like that. Sometimes a consequence can be as simple as I am going to communicate with you how I feel about that, right? It doesn't have to be something drastic or something big. People hear the word consequence and they think, oh, consequence is like a punishment. And that's not what it is. It doesn't, it doesn't have to look like that. You know, with boundaries that we set, it's really meant to protect you. And it also allows you to create relationships in your life that align with what you feel the most comfortable with. And I see it as, as kind of setting yourself up for success and taking the higher road versus being really and staying in that place of anger. And a lot of times I hear clients say, well, 
what if I set a boundary and our relationship tanks or what if it pisses him off? Or, you know, sometimes they're like, well, I'm afraid it's he's going to punish the kids or, you know, maybe he's changed this time or, you know, that's just like a snippet of some of the mistakes that I hear people make. And yet, what are you doing in the process? You are disrespecting yourself, right? You're not creating, you're not putting your own emotions and feelings ahead of somebody else. And I'm totally guilty of that. I was somebody who put everybody else first, including my ex-husband. I, you know, put my kids first. I put my family first. Wendy was always last. And this whole boundary thing was really new to me. But what I realized was that that was part of how I was giving my power away. And that was really kind of a an eye-opening moment for me because I'm somebody who, you know, corporate America, I was powerful. I was a manager. I was a leader. I was in ad sales. I was, you know, queen negotiator. I hit my revenue numbers. And at the same time in my personal life, I couldn't even set a boundary to save my life. And a lot of it, (laughs) I couldn't. I feel like you're describing me, but okay, continue. Yes. <laughs> I told you we're like, we, yeah. we're seriously soul sisters. No, I was one um, person in the sheets and a mess in the sheets. Like I, I, I it was the same thing for me. I, I truly relate to that. Yeah. And I'm sure so many people listening are as well. And, you know, in my experience since, you know, boundaries are so necessary and important because it allows yourself to practice self-respect and self-care, right? It allows you to also communicate what it is that you need for a relationship to exist. And I don't mean with a spouse or a boyfriend. I mean, with your kids, with your friends, with your parents. I mean, I've done a ton of boundary setting with my kids, especially I'm sure people can relate homeschooling, right? My kids, I had to set boundaries with one, with them. My door is closed. You do not even knock because that means I'm recording. If the door is uh, open or I'm with a client rather, you know, it's recording or with a client. And then if my door is open, you still have to knock before you walk into my space and ask if I'm available, right? Because they would just come flying in. They'd be knocking on the door, you know? And so I, I say that to everybody because it's not just thinking about boundaries with your soon to be ex or your ex or a boyfriend or whoever. It's just with any and all relationships. And it also allows you to create a healthier relationship for everybody. Imagine like if my kids come flying in, what happens? I get really angry, right? Or like, for example, when I felt disrespected, right? That was a value being stomped on. It felt like a boundary being crossed because respect is a very strong value for me. So my communication to my ex-husband was, hey, in this circumstance, I felt disrespected. And in the future, I am just going to let you know that my feelings were hurt. And if this happens again, I'm going to ask that we not discuss things on the phone and we go back to doing email because I this isn't working for me, right? And so... This is great because I think once you get this part covered, the rest is smooth sailing. Like I think, you know, Mm -hmm. boundaries scare everybody, but I want to go back to something you said, the boundaries, because it's something that comes up a lot for my clients. I want to set the boundary, but I'm afraid he'll take it out on my kids. How do you address that? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a fear, right? The fear, fear is not real. It's totally fictional. It's made up in your mind. And 
and I'm not minimizing it, right? Because so many times, um, you know, I've had those thoughts too. Well, what happens if I take action, right? And I think that it's all in the delivery, right? In delivering, you know, people think that when they set a boundary, it's mean, it's rude, like, you know, and it's not. It's meant to be delivered in a firm, respectful, healthy way. And it's also something that can, you have, you get to allow it to sort of be flexible. And I'll give you an example. I, I was really afraid to set a boundary with my ex-husband early on when we would exchange the boys. And he would drive onto my driveway and I could feel just the anxiety. Like I didn't want to see him. He's in my driveway. I could feel the energy. I'm very spiritual. I pick up, I'm like burn sage all the time because I could feel him (laughs) on my property and in my house. And I called him up and I said, Hey, you know, I would really appreciate if you would not pull into my driveway and just drop the boys off along the curb. It, it doesn't feel comfortable for me to have you on my property. And I would really appreciate you respecting that. And so the delivery, it doesn't have to be like, get the hell off of my property. Because if you're delivering it with anger, yeah, there could be consequences to it that you don't like. But if you're coming at it from a place of genuine respect and kindness, but you're firm, then they, there will be the, the reciprocation of them respecting it. If you're wavering or you're not uh, standing with confidence in setting your boundary, they're going to know that there's wiggle room right? because you're, you're yeah. waffling. Very, very true. Right. Do you want to say to anyone who does have fear about anything being taken out on their kids, if it's something that hasn't happened before, maybe we can tell that fear to simmer down now. If it has, that's something you should explore legally, contact somebody who can help you, because in that case, we don't want you in a situation where you can't advocate for and protect Mm -hmm. your kids. Um, but that said, I love that advice. I I think, you know, a lot of us are just so scared to say no, we're women, we're nurturers. We're so used to pleasing, but there is something so freeing and liberating. And just, you, you feel more and more secure in your own sense of self every time you're able to Mm -hmm. say no and stand by it. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first, a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in. That's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes add photos and screenshots, a file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place, the opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters, 
and there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way, simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R, FAIR. Subscribe at BeFAIR.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. So speaking about freedom and liberation, there's an end point with you and your clients, I imagine, unless they just retain you for life. If they do, I could see why. I would enjoy talking to you. <laughs> but what they can, it would just be on a different scale. <laughs> what in your mind, because they're coming to you for recovery and rehab, mm-hmm. what does a full recovery look like to you? So, you know, that's such a great question. And, um, you know, as I've built my practice and my business, I, you know, it's, in, it, it's been so incredible to see these women. Cause like, I really am a mama bird, right? I want to like get you out of that nest flying away and, you know, you come back when you need me kind of a thing. Right. <laughs> so to me, what, what recovery means is really getting yourself into your next life. You know, my programs are, you know, they kind of evolve and you move from one into the next. And it's really about a year long relationship with me. Um, but then at that point too, it's, it's still important to have the community that you've been a part of with me, right? So at that point, it's really more about just continuing your own self-care. And I do offer that. But to me, recovery is really em- embracing where you embracing your vision and actually living in it. And it's not being immune to emotions or triggers by your ex. It's really about being in the place of having the tools and knowing what to do on your own. That's recovery. I love that. I love that. Being able to just get through everything that comes your way because, you know, Lord knows a lot comes up especially if you're co-parenting, it's like seasons, you know, spring you're dealing with one issue, you resolve that finally, hopefully peacefully. And then summertime, something else comes up. And, you know, I think for a lot of women, that's also very difficult for them to swallow in the beginning because, you know, I'll hear from clients or people who follow me like today's the day, today my divorce becomes official. And I'm like, okay. And I think back to when mine became official, I was more experienced because my parents were divorced. So I was able to walk away knowing that today's just another day because I'm co-parenting with this guy for the next uh, 15 years. So, you know, I think anything that you can go into your future of co-parenting and divorce with that gives you the tools, that gives you the strength is invaluable because it really is something you shouldn't have to go alone. One of my first articles for Scary Mommy was about finding your divorced Sherpa. Um, And you might be I love that. You're a fabulous one. No, you know, I like it. And I, I was just writing about this, actually. I liken it to climbing Mount Everest, right? You're not going to just fly yourself out to another country, put yourself at the base of the scariest mountain with no experience, knowledge, and nobody to help you. You're going to go with the best equipment, the best supplies, the most packed backpack, the, the most experienced guide, right? Divorce is a lot like that. And that's why we need divorce recovery and somebody like you. So I, I really, I really love your tips and tools. Now you're not going to get away without the same questions I give to everybody. Oh, uh, I love this part. 
What advice would you give to any moms who are just starting their divorce process who may or may not be able to hire you, but really just need Mm -hmm. something to hold on to? Yeah. You know, and that's an easy one, honestly, because it's, it's really about ask for help. There are so many other resources for you to get support. There's groups that you can join. There's counselors, clergymen. Don't do it by yourself. A lot of times we, especially as moms, if you're, I mean, I was the first in my circle and, you know, a lot of times I was so, I mean, I waited so long to tell so many people because I was so terrified of being shunned and, and just even also, I didn't want to tell anybody. And so finding yourself in a community of people who understand what you're going through is so important. But with that in mind, also just make sure feels right for you. Make There's a lot of options. And, you know, for example, you, me, there's so many of our incredible colleagues who can also point you in the direction. I do that a lot too. Um, you know, I'll point my clients in a direction if I don't think I'm something that they need or my community isn't right for them, I will put them in touch with the person that I know can help them. And so not being afraid to ask for help is crucial. 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 This is one thing where you have to put pride aside, you know, and another thing I like to talk about is you mentioned the friends before, like, you don't need them, girl, stop crying. All of that is well-intentioned advice, but it gets you nowhere. It actually gets you a little bit more upset, angry, bitter, resentful because you're like, okay, but you have your husband. How would you feel if he left you? And so finding the people who get it are like, that's who you need to surround yourself with because someone who can say, yeah, you know what? I left my ex-husband, but I had a shitty day today without him. And, and I own that. Those are the things you need. All right. It's mm-hmm. quote time. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite quote that we can apply to the ladies listening to this podcast? And men, maybe. Well, well so my favorite quote, I use this. Well, I have a quote that I am known to say. And then I have my favorite quote that I love to quote from her. (laughs) Um, My own personal quote that I preach all the time in my groups, and I feel like almost on everything I do, is there's power in the pause. And what that essentially means is you, it's the difference between reacting and responding. And in divorce, you want to respond, not react. And so taking a beat, right? Power in the pause. My other favorite quote that I use all the time, and it relates back to what you even just said, right? Our friends keep us stuck. And it's Rachel Hollis, who I love and adore, um, who's now also going through a divorce. But she says, other people's opinions are none of your business. Yes. Plain and simple. That goes and forward. Exactly. Exactly. Because they're not living your life. They're not in your shoes. They don't know what it feels like. And, you know, a lot of times people say, well, what am I supposed to say back? And you, it's very simple. Thank you for loving me enough to share your opinion with me. That's it. Right. Just thank you for loving me enough. But it doesn't mean you have to listen to it. Like it and a lot of times it's, it is always coming from a place of love. I do believe that. And I at the same time, sometimes it's coming from a place of their own discomfort, which doesn't serve you. It's, it's projecting their fear. Like, oh my God, if I were in this exactly. situation, what would I do? How would I exactly. feel? Exactly. Well, cause you know, divorce is contagious. So be careful. 
<laughs> my God, your husband cheated. Mine might be cheating now too. Oh my God. That happens all the time. And then there are the friends who shut down and don't speak to you just because your reality is so terrifying for them. And you have to understand that too. Like there are women who may not share with their friends what's going on behind closed doors. And then you have a hiccup in your marriage and it scares them. Like it paralyzes them for fear that this could happen to me too. I just don't even want to hear it. And that's something that I always tell people not to take personally. Like, can you believe my best friend not checking in on me? Well, A, your best friend may not know what to say or how to say it, or she may be terrified because she could end up in the same place as you really soon. Wendy, I'm so glad we made this happen. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored with full certainty, 150%. If I had to hire somebody, I'd hire you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so sweet. Have a beautiful way with helping other people and just in the way you speak and carry yourself. You're a gem. Where can all of our followers find you? I would love to support anybody tuning in. Um, You know, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, My group is called The Divorce Rehab. You can also listen to my own podcast, which I'm excited to have you on, is also The Divorce Woman's Guide podcast. And then I do have my website, wendysterling.net. I offer free 15-minute support calls where, uh, you know, very much like what we talked about with people who are looking for support, I listen and I'm also able to really guide you on what I believe are the best resources for you, wherever it is that you are, whether that's me, a colleague, or, you know, some other free resource, um, you know, I do offer that to anybody. So please feel free to take advantage of it. And uh, I shared that link with Michelle, so I'm sure it'll be uh, available to you guys. So check it out. And ladies, if you're not going to work with Wendy and you're not going to work with me, find the helpers, find the people who want to help you whether it's, you know, financially a benefit to them or not, because somebody like me, I sit and answer all my DMs, whether you're hiring me or not. I know Wendy is the same. These are the people Mm -hmm. you want help with through your divorce. You're going to spend enough money on an attorney, a mediator, a therapist, what have you. Find the people who are helping you because they genuinely want to do that. Wendy, you are that person. Thank you again. Everybody listening, you you know how much I love you. Keep sharing the love. Uh, We'd love some good reviews. I like to see those. Um, And your feedback is always, always, always so appreciated. I love knowing how you feel and what you think about all these episodes. Keep moving on. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.